today. You may be seated. Oh, I love, love, love some of them older songs, preacher. Our pastor's wound up today, so you just better be on your heels because he's going to bring the Word of God today with a, with a fire. I've seen him this way over the years, and it's, it's just so contagious. So just know God's Word is coming and be ready to receive it. If you have your Bible, lift it up high. We're going to do our Bible decree together. All right. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Thank you very much, children. You are dismissed. Hallelujah. Thank you. You know, I, uh, we, we listen to a lot of the song lists before church, and I know my wife prays over a lot of the songs, and I appreciate her, uh, the time that she has spent, you know, over the last several years when she took that uh, away as graciously, took it on. She didn't take it away. She took it on, and I, uh, I appreciate uh, a lot of the songs. You know, uh, I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm going to heaven. Amen. You know, I get, I get so moved by the Holy Spirit and I get moved by the power of the Lord, especially through a song that says, You are God alone before time began. You sit on your throne because you are God alone. He's unstoppable. He's unchangeable. He's unshakable. That's our God. And church, I want to, can I challenge you this morning? As we go into this message, I want you to think just what God has done in your life. It is, it is the week of Thanksgiving. We're celebrating the goodness of God. We're talking about blessings. And, you know, you can go to churches and you can, you can celebrate Thanksgiving. We can give thanks. We can talk about what is Thanksgiving and how is it relevant to us and how does it meet our needs. But God spoke to me in the office this morning and changed some things around for me. And I, and I said, okay, I'll do what I have to. My message title says, Give Thanks. You know, I love the, the song that says, Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks. Because He's given us Jesus Christ, His Son. And then I think in the part of the song it says, And now let the, uh, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. So as I was in there, God said, it's not thanksgiving, it's thanks offering. Thanks offering? Isn't that amazing? That's what this season is about. So as I break down Psalm 100, and if you'll turn there, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 5. You know, I started to think about some of this stuff. What is thank offering? And, and thank offering means that we give. You know, give means we give something. You know, if I have something special, I go ahead and I give it to you, right? You have a choice to do what? You have a choice to take it? We have a choice to say, no, thank you. I don't need it, nor do I want it. When I notice in the Old Testament, as we're going to be looking at Yahweh, he says, I am God, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But I love that in this season of thanks offering, that we get a chance to give. If you made it to the harvest thanks offering meal on Wednesday night, what a beautiful, beautiful 
dinner that was. And I want to thank all of the hospitality team and everybody that worked so hard. I know Jeff came in early and smoked all the turkeys and ham and worked hard. And Russ and Anne Marie were here all day. And I mean, there's a lot of you that were here. And it was just great to, to enjoy just the fellowship of the thanks offering meal. I know it was Thanksgiving, but I just thought I'd throw that in there. And uh, where are you going, Pastor? What, what are you trying to do here today? I want you to really think about the season of giving. You know, we go to people's homes and we'll say things like this. White meat on a turkey? Dark meat? Couldn't you have gutted that thing before you cooked it? What's inside there? Stuffing? Who would eat stuffing? It always comes out dry to the point I have to down a gallon of water before I even eat that styrofoam-feeling stuff. And then, potatoes and mashed potatoes? Why do they have lumps in them? Lumpy mashed potatoes? That's Thanksgiving? The other night I was over here, table number three. I had to say that. And I said, how many of you like cranberry sauce? They're like, I do. I, one, one lady says, I, we, we made it fresh. It was homemade. My mom still says to this day, you can't have Thanksgiving dinner. That cranberry sauce isn't sitting on that table, wherever it's at. And some of us can go, ooh, cranberry sauce? I like cranberry sauce. On top of it, it's just a great time to enjoy the meal. Because it's not about the meal. It's not how dry the white meat comes out or how the dark meat comes out. And when you go to pull it apart, you've got 22 bones that are in there. It's not all about that. It's just about enjoying the moment of fellowship and giving of your time to be around other people within your community. It's a time to be together to just fellowship and enjoy one another as a family. That's what it's about. But if you go to the Thanksgiving table and you say to yourself, I don't care how this turns out, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to bask in the love of my family. I understand that Aunt Edith can be difficult sometimes. I understand that Uncle Buckus is, is difficult, but it doesn't matter. We're together as family, right? That's what it's about. It's about being able to give. I remember it as a little boy, it was, it was just so much fun because I would see mom a couple days before she'd be, she was in the kitchen and she, she would be preparing the pumpkin pies and preparing the turkey and, you know, she'd put it in the night before. And I never really understood this, and we will have to talk about this, mom. But anyhow, she prepared everything. I always thought she put it in the night before, but she really didn't. She put it in the day of. And I always thought, that's really weird because as I made a turkey... Myself, I'm like, oh, it doesn't stay in the oven for 22 hours. I thought that's what my, I mean, I would watch my mom like, I really admire her. Look at her. I mean, she's greasing up that butterball, putting that stuff on there, ripping stuff out of it. I mean, I saw my mom get all into the thanks offering. I mean, it was amazing because you know what she said? My sister's coming in, the nieces and nephews, everybody's coming in. And I just want, I want to show them that I love them. So I give. That's what we do. And I know that in this psalm here, and, and you guys are going, where are you leading with this, Pastor? I'm leading to this. We have a tendency to look in our Christian life and say, it's about me. It's about the music. 
It's about the way he speaks. It's about the temperature of the room. It's about the comfort. It's about all the things that I'm searching for and that I want. When was the last time you walked in through those back doors or you walked in from outside and said, Today, Lord, I'm giving you my offering. And I'm thankful for what I can give you. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to start speaking to you. What are you going to get this Thanksgiving season? What kind of offering are you going to give? He gave His one and only Son to give us life. And to give it to us abundantly. And yet, we hold on to everything we have. We won't give up our time, our talent, our tithe. We won't give anything. Oh, I didn't... I put that in there. Oh, okay. Thank you, honey. Praise the Lord. I got my wife who sits on the front row cheering me, cheering on the message, right? But giving thanks and, and just say, God, here I am. I, I'm thankful that I can give you my offering. Here's what's sad. 96 years old. Here was this man laid out in a casket on Thursday. There was his family reflecting upon his life as I was officiating this funeral service. He touched a lot of people's lives. He was in the Navy. He was a military man. He served this wonderful country. And I was thankful for the offering that he gave. And you know, I stood up there humbled just to think that a soldier lived 96 years. Isn't that amazing? What that man has seen in his lifetime. That's amazing to me. And if God gave all of us that kind of life, how great would that be? Just to live out our life and live it, I mean, as, as healthy and abundant as He did. When you stop and you think of this season, and I'm going to break it down for you here in Psalm 100, but as you think of this thanks offering season, don't think about, you know, what, what can I get? It's not not a chore, it's a privilege and a pleasure. And yet it's an honor for us to serve the Lord. Get up, get moving, shake it off because we serve an unshakable, unstoppable God. I love that I get the privilege. Listen, we've been here every day this week. It's been awesome. We've been going home late. Uh, but God has just energized me. And I, I'm telling you, can you tell I'm a little energized this morning? Okay. And uh, But what I love about this season is that I get to talk about the one person that I love more than anybody else on this earth and in this world, and his name is God. I love my Savior Jesus Christ. He's my first love. And I love that I can give, 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 give. I love that we can come in and we can position stuff and make it perfect because you know what? He is perfect. It's not about how things are for me. It's about what I can do for Christ. So we look in Psalm 100, and if you'll follow with me, we'll read this together. And here's what it says. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with thanksgiving. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. It says, enter into His gates with what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And into all His courts with praise. 
Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all, to all, to all generations. Thank You, Father, that Your mercies are everlasting. They are good. I'm so grateful that in this text, we get to see how we can praise the Lord in this season of thanks offering. And I'm grateful that we get to praise His holiness. That I get to stand up here and say, I am so excited for what God has done and what He's going to do. I'm glad that His Spirit is with us. I'm thankful that we worship Him in spirit and in truth. We feel the presence of the Lord through worship and we get to experience the truth in the content of the Word, in the context of the Word. Are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord? When we leave here today, we're going to do something that's going to change our life. Now I'm going to bust the chops of the praise team. But before I do that, I want to say something to you. I believe that in this text there is a great anointing. And they are power-packed. I believe in these first through fifth verses of this chapter are power-packed. I believe that there is an anointing on the Scripture. And if you look in the Scriptures, we're given some action words to perform. And there are seven action words that I'm going to highlight today that jump off the page which have action. But they require us to do something. How many of you know what the number seven What is God's number of perfection? Complete number seven, right? So we see that His number of perfection is number seven. I'm going to pray over this message and we're going to move forward. Amen? Father, we thank You today. Lord, we ask for Your blessings and anointing. Teach us through this amazing psalm of exhortation. And exaltation. And love and mercy. But God, I pray that you'll use me today. Oh God, speak through these lips and in this, whatever will come out of this mouth will proceed from my heart. Father, I pray that we'll all be challenged and we'll just walk out of this place singing and shouting and making a joyful noise. For Father, we love you and we honor you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So we are, oh, okay, let's pray for Russ right now. He went to the ER. And, uh, yes, so um, where's Pastor Chris? He's in with the children. All right, Caitlin, if you'll take that so he can go with his father, I'd greatly appreciate that. So they'll relieve him so he can go. He doesn't need to be in there worrying about his dad. But we're not going to worry because we know he's in the hands of the Lord, right? Amen. And uh, so we don't know what's going on, but we know that, that God is in control. So how about we do this? 
I'd like the two deacons to please stand, Ron and Pat. I'd like our trustees to please stand. If there's any officers in this room, any trustees, three treasurers is over here. Okay, everybody else is out there. I know. All right, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask uh, Ron Sr. if you'll please pray for, for Russ right now that God will heal him and clear his arteries, if whatever's going on. And uh, if you guys will just take your hands and go like this, let's just let's lift up our hands to the Lord, and let's lift up Russ in prayer, okay? Uh, Brother Ron, would you please pray? Amen. You may be seated. Okay, hold on a minute. I'm gonna let. Uh, All right, just real quick. Um, a lot of my, a lot of you guys know my dad has uh, stroke issues and um, heart issues. So just as a thought, I, they think, or at least Annie thinks, that he had what's called a TIA, which is a mini stroke. Um, he has had a lot of those in the last few years. It's been a while since he's. Um, had one uh, of this na- of this um, as magnitude, yeah. Okay. So, anyway, just wanted to let you guys know. Um, I appreciate you guys praying for him. I'm gonna go and see if I can get to him and and talk to him and make sure he's okay. But um, I appreciate all you guys' prayers. I know he would too. I'm sure that if he knew you guys were praying, he'd be bawling like us Steiners do. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Um, and I'll let Pastor Todd know so we can. Kind Amen. of get info out to anybody. All right. Amen. Thank Fine. you guys awesome. so much. Love you, brother. All right. Thank you. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you for letting me know, honey. I appreciate it. And uh, I want I want us to look at point number one. He said, "Make." Right. He said, "Make." And if you look at that text, it says, "Make a joyful noise." Make means to do something. Make means to get up, to stir about, to do something to bring joy. I thought I would find it interesting for me to look into the Scriptures and say, how many times is joy found in the Scriptures? 
over 100 times in the Old Testament. Isn't that interesting? You know, as, as a little boy and as, uh, as I was learning and growing, you know, you'd go to junior church and you'd sing a song, I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And then, you know, I always love this one. I have the peace of passive understanding down in my heart. Yeah. So it was really fun. It was like, I need to learn how to say this. I have the peace of passive understanding down in my heart. I felt like I was a preacher. I've got four points today. Peace of passive understanding. You know, all this stuff that I wanted to, you know, it was really cool because when you have joy, you have what? Peace in your heart. Says there, make a joyful noise. It means to construct. Take your hands and to do something. Take your lips and to do something. Take your heart and do something. Take your mind and do something. It means to cause something to come into what? Existence. We get down to the actual Hebrew word. Here it means ruach. It's actually spelled R-U-A-C-H, but you pronunciate that Hebrew word ruach. The word means to shout of triumph. It means to get excited. How many of you love this story of Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle. Okay, you're like, oh, I, I know. I just go off the rip sometimes, but. But you know what I love about that story? Think about it. It was six times that Joshua led the army around the walls of Jericho. Now, I'm going to go back to where I was at and I'll resume my spot right down here. I turned around and told the praise team, clap. I don't want to be the only one up here clapping. They need to clap. We need to make a joyful noise, amen? You all are so sold out on football. Can't wait till preacher gets this over with. I got a football game this afternoon. Man, I don't care what he does, he's boring. He even sings too much. Ugh, it overwhelms me. And here you are at home on your sofa. No way! Get him! Grab that ball! What? I'm sick and tired of it! Really? Come on now, guys! Get with the program! Like, they can even hear you. That TV isn't paying one bit of attention to you, neither are those players. They don't hear a word you have to say. Nothing! I am. Millions and trillions of dollars are poured into the turkey bowl. Yeah, to watch a bunch of turkeys. It's ridiculous. And then, then you know, on Thanksgiving Day, we watch the Thanksgiving Day parade and we're like, isn't that special? Look at that, like I haven't seen the big, huge helium turkey. Lead the parade. This is such a great tradition in my life. It says, make a joyful noise. It says to shout. So when I think about my worship, 
I think about pouring out my, everything that's in me. I just want to praise Him. I'm like, Lord, I know sometimes my hands get tired, but can I just keep praising you? Hold them up. When I get tired, sometimes I find my, my hand starts to shake. But I love to praise the Lord. It says that we should praise Him. At the end of the song, I always say, hey, let's make a joyful noise. Let's give God a praise offering. I'm like, what are you doing? Guess what? All of heaven hears the praise. The TV doesn't hear your praise over the Pittsburgh and the Cleveland Browns game. They don't even know your name. And that's what we're leading up to. He said you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. You were created for His honor and His glory. Woo! Gets me excited. I love serving the Lord. I walked up at that funeral, walked in that room, stood behind the podium there at Eckert Baldwin Funeral Home, honored to be able to, to be a part of this man's life. In all dignity, I just wanted to do some things like... Oh, sorry. I haven't been watching TikTok. And neither have you. Why are you laughing? See? Because we have to praise God for life. Becky and I say all the time, let's live to be in our 90s. But we have to live great in our 90s. Brother Charles was here this morning, and um, I told you I'm on a roll today. Man, time flies when you're having fun. Isn't it fun to be in the house of the Lord? Isn't it really fun to be in the house of the Lord? <laughs> Thanks, Randy. <laughs> Brother Charles uh, was here this morning, and he's with the Gideons. And he always calls me up. He says, hey, preacher, you're available you know, he comes in about uh, every other month or once a quarter, and he prays with pastors. And He said, I have something to tell you. He said, I love when I get here. I try to get here early. He says, I sit in the chair, and he goes, I watch this. This is just this morning as we were in the office. He came here this morning to pray. He goes, I'm watching people all over the place. And he said, you know what encourages my heart? Is that everybody is doing something here. And there's a joyful noise that I hear when I come to this church. He said, you know, so many churches you could sit in the hallway and people will pass you like you're on Interstate 76. They won't know your name or nothing about you. But he said, I was noticing everybody as they're walking down to the bathroom, they're talking to each other. He said, they're passing and they're, they're just loving on each other and encouraging each other. He said, you have something special that's here. You have joy. And I went, I'm going to write that down for my message today. It's in there. I didn't. But I love that it said, make a joyful noise. People wonder why. You know, I want to go to the grave. And when I yell, glory, I love that. All the way back in the days when I was 15, I used to love, Mom had a record by Jimmy Swaggart. And uh, I used to put that, that on. And I became so Baptocostal in that living room that anybody in that Baptist church would have excommunicated me from the church because I loved that record. I shall not be moved. I mean, I'd hear Jimmy Swagger, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I was like, woo! Yeah! Mom's home. She's going to think I've lost my mind. 
But you know what? I love that we can make a joyful noise. And in that text, it, it exemplifies that. It says, you know, when, when you look at Ruach, you think, wow, it's a, it's a march of triumph. And there was Joshua. He said, I will listen to you, Lord. And they marched, 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 and they shouted. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that amazing? And the walls came tumbling down. But I love in the text, and I almost read it today, but I won't for sake of time. But when you guys feel that your faith is slipping, and you feel that it's difficult because you've gone to the Lord six times, remember the seventh, God will perfect what He's doing in your life. God's not intimidated at all about your emotions, your feelings, nothing. Go to Him and tell Him how you feel. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Are you challenged by God's Word? I mean, think about the psalmist. Here he is, he's writing the text, and he's teaching us the Hebrew word, ruach, to become victorious in the battle, become victorious in the war. Do you know that we wrestle against the, the darkness of Satan and life, and yet we can become still victorious? And when we start shouting and praising God on that seventh time, we become victorious over darkness. I asked my wife this morning, I said, you know what, I, God, you know, little things come to me when I'm studying. We moved into this church, year number 14, seven and seven. Isn't that amazing? It just was a thought that I had this morning as I was studying. And, uh, but I believe that in our life, we have to do something about it. It says here, the Solomon said for us to go in, construct noise and that's a shout of triumph in your life because something's going to happen. Do it whether you feel like it or not. Rack means a war, war cry. Instead of settling down in defeat where the enemy attacking or is attacking us, get up with a war cry. Instead of settling down in defeat where, where you feel like he's getting you, let the devil know you're still there and that this is not being taken lightly. It's not over till God says it's over. And when God is in it, there is no limit. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Amen? Ruach means a shout of happiness. It's a cry of victory. And when we testify to others with our words and actions of God's provisions, then we are entering His courts with praise. I just, I go there all the time and I just wish they wouldn't sing so much. I wish you'd lift your head up a little bit more and start praising Jesus because you walked into the sanctuary. We have a tendency to look at the cup half empty instead of half full. There's a gentleman in this room. His name is Randy. And I won't point him out to you or anything. He wouldn't want me to do that at all. <laughs> He's been a blessing to me. And I just want to give a shout of praise for this man who protects the property of this church. You guys don't know this, but... He's really inspired me. Sometimes we've stood out here and talked for quite a while, haven't we? And uh, he traps our raccoons. Yep. Coyote. Skunk. 
all the other varmints that aren't welcomed underneath this building so that they don't come up while I'm trying to preach. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. That wouldn't go over well. And I always love when he shows me, hey, want to see what I got in the back of the trunk? I'm like, he opens it up and he's got all these things in there. And then on his shirt he has a skunk. A skunk? I'm like, that guy's praising the Lord for a skunk? I stay as far away as I can from a skunk. I drove over one on Market Street this past week and it stunk like a skunk. Just threw that out there for you. Uh, Number two, he said make. And then second of all, we are told to serve. In Isaiah 40, 31... It says in the scriptures, we are to serve. Serve means to do work for. And here's what the scripture says. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love that when I call that guy, he'll always, Randy always says, hey, preacher, took care of it. Look what's gone. And that big old monster's in that cage. And he carries off that groundhog raccoon or whatever, you know, we've got taken residence here. But you know what he's doing? He's waiting on the Lord. I don't mean waiting for something to happen. They that wait on the Lord, they that serve God with a thanks offering, he'll renew your strength. People, you know, my son-in-law will say to me, how do you go to church every night? And how do you do this? And how do you do that? I don't do any of it. It's the passion that I have for our Savior. I love waiting on the Lord. I love being a waiter. I love saying, what can I do to make the Word of God special so that we can all walk out of here singing zippity-doo-dah, praising God, making shouts of praise and, and, and proclaiming that war offering that He's so speaking of here in Psalms. I love serving the Lord. Just saying things like, may I serve you, moves me. I'm going to ask you a question. How may you serve the Lord today? What can you do today? Because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Feeling tired? Start waiting on the Lord. And he says to serve the Lord with gladness. You should find pleasure in serving the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Gladness means laughter. Laugh in the devil's face. Just laugh at him. Anybody going through something this holiday season? Anybody in this room going through something this season? Amen. He said here, just serve. And I promise you, when you do, you will walk out, walk out revived and refreshed and renewed. And when you do that, gladness in this text means have fun. Have a blast. I remember, that my dad used to have this little clown thing. And, and, and when you pulled the tie, it would... <laughs> would laugh. Right? Laughter is good for your soul. You have to laugh. (laughs) You have to exhibit joy. And I love that in this text it says as we serve Him, He brings forth laughter. I love this. I love this text for Thanksgiving. Number three, we are to come before His presence with Thanksgiving. Number three, we are to come that means to bring near. James 4, 8 says this. It says, Draw nigh to God, and He will dry near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. God is not a standoff God. He's about a relationship. He's about being around you. He's saying, come face to face with me. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. In Hebrews 10, 25, 
It says this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more that you see the day approaching. Hallelujah and hallelujah. I love that you're always in the front row and you're faithful. What would I do if you guys didn't sit there? I would have to preach to empty chairs in the front row. I appreciate your faithfulness. It says there, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I mean, I get to look at this beautiful, beautiful woman right here, my wife, that I just sometimes get so distracted when I'm preaching that I have to look the other direction. My wife's like, hey. Um, You know what? I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I get to praise God and that I get to serve Him and wait upon Him and love Him. But don't forsake coming together because people need you. They need you. Do you know what people say to me? I won't be a church pastor. I'm like, oh, I'm so sad. Because they don't know I needed them that day. I love the way people encourage me. I love the things they say. Yeah, my love language is words of affirmation. But it means something to me. But here's what he's saying. Draw near to me. Then it says no. Know this. In Psalms 46.10, here's what he says in the Scriptures. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He said, be still. When we're busy, we're distracted, right? We need to be still. We need to know that that word know means to experience Him. To know who He is. And it says here, In Exodus chapter 3, it says that he is Jehovah. Watch this. Let's read it. As as I I pointed out here in the scripture, Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me. To you. Do you understand what they're saying? The Old Testament is saying that is Jehovah, the great I am. What he's actually focusing on here is that he's the divine one. He is the divine king. He is God. He is the great I am. He is the shepherd, the light, the rock. He is ruler of all. He is judge of all. He's the bridegroom. He is the sower. He is the first and the last. Him and Him alone is Jehovah. I want you to know that He made you and He created you just as you are. He didn't create you to be like or talk like or act like anybody else. You are His perfect masterpiece. Know that He is Jehovah. He made you. You are His. Isn't that awesome? Wow. I don't want to be the guy in the church that When he says, I'm his, he knows me. Praise him, Lord. Okay, kid. What? Does he know you? Do you know that he is God? That he is ruler of all? That he's the first and the last? Do you understand that He made you? You are His. 
You are highly favored. 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 You're highly favored. You're highly favored. You're highly favored. Listen, the devil came in to destroy anything that you had that was of potential. First Corinthians chapter 12, it says that we have gifts and we are to use those gifts according to how he bestows them on our life. Why is it that we aren't doing that? Because we have a tendency to believe what somebody took from us in our life. That bully in middle school. That ex that was in my life. You know, that parent that just kept cursing me instead of blessing me. I want you to know this, that you are a masterpiece. That you are a winner. You're not a whiner. That you're a victor. You're not a victim. That you are a child of the Most High God. That you are a champion of love. God wants to do something great in your life. Lay it down. Surrender it. Know that, wait a minute, I know who I am in Christ. Man, I've had, I've had influences in my life in the ministry that wanted to destroy me. That's okay. Just don't destroy my spirit. Because I'm not going to believe a word you have to say. Church, I love you. You are worth something. How many of you want to see revival take place in this church? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you want to see revival take place in this church? Amen. I once went to a church and I said amen and I heard somebody whisper it. God cannot use quiet people. God gave you a talent. He gave you a gift. And here's what we move into because He made you and He is Jehovah. Church, I want you to know you're His. You are His. Number five, then he says to enter. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. Gates are the entranceway into the property. The kingdom of heaven is open to anyone who receives Jesus. That's how you get it. I love what it says in Revelation, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Here's what he says. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Listen, church, he's just waiting on the other side. He's just waiting on the other side. You see what, what I'm saying? He's just waiting, waiting to serve you. Why aren't you serving Him? He said, I stand at the door. Open the door. Let Him in. Let Him become precedent. Let Him take residence in your life. It says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear, I will hear, I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. He was talking to the children of Israel. But why can't we make that relevant in our own life? He's standing and he's waiting. I love being used. Randy didn't know how, what a blessing it was to me. I can't stand the groundhogs get underneath this. I'm like, listen, I know that God created all things. And last week you heard me say through prayer we were made in his image. But a groundhog is not made in the image of God. Just letting you know, okay? they got to go. I don't want them to destroy the foundation, the very foundation by which we come and worship. But why do we let Satan come in and destroy us? The very foundation 
of our spiritual life, of the temple of God, and we let all these influences come in and dig around and take residence in our life instead of understanding what enter means. Be careful what you allow to enter into your life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes into the Father but by me. I love it. It says, you go through the gates, you go onto the property. You do that with praise. Then he said, you come into his courts. Now the courts get into his presence. The courts get you into the inner part. A lot of buildings now are built in the middle of that building. And in the middle of that building, you have a courtyard, right? But you have to go through the building first, but you can't get to the building unless you've been on the property. Mm-hmm. Preach it. Mm-hmm. And you can't get on the property without going through the gates. Not only do we get in or go in, but we get to go into His presence. Isn't that humbling? We get to go into the presence of the Almighty. When I bow my knee, when I bow my head, I get to go in with a thankful heart, with a grateful heart, and say, God, here I am. Use me today. Ordain and plan my footsteps. Use me today. Number six, and then we are to be thankful. No matter how bad it is, it could be worse. And it comes... And it passes. I love what James 1, 2 says. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, my brethren. Just count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Because we have to realize that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Which means you grow, you get stronger, and your faith increases. Wow. I, church, as I close, I'm not the same man I was ten years ago. I'm not the same Todd. Yeah, I, I love to make you laugh because he said, enter into his courts with a, a thanksgiving and have joy in your heart. Why are you so hung up on your offenses? Why are you so hung up on, on you instead of God? And he wants to do something great in your life. Psalm 103 and it says here and finally we are to bless his name it says this bless the Lord all my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord all my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name wow we are to bless his name Luke chapter 17, in verses 11 through 37, and we we won't go there, Brother Jay. Thank you for, for pulling that up. I'll just kind of paraphrase it. It says that we're to praise Him, honor Him, and give Him glory. In Luke 17, there it talks about the ten lepers. And Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. And nine, make a beeline to the priest. And one looks back. You see, this one that looks back looks past the healing and he looks at the healer. Nine shot for verification immediately. But you see, there was one that stopped. He didn't need verification. He came back praising God in a loud voice. 
He came back celebrating, saying, Look! I'm healed! Look! I'm healed! And Jesus said, Go! Go see the priests! But only one came back with thanksgiving in his heart to say, Here I am! God, thank you! 96 years old? Thank you, God! For my dad, for my grandpa, for my great-grandpa, for my great-great-grandpa, my great-great-great-great-great-grandpa, who lives to be 96 years old. I learned that God gives longevity to those that honor Him and serve Him. So I love that it says, so we enter into His courts with thanksgiving. And today I want to say, and I stand before you, I want to thank Him. I want to praise Him. I want to come to Him. I want to serve Him. I want to worship Him and praise Him in this thanks offering season. Church, don't get so tired that you lose sight of who Jesus is. Don't lose hope on your marriage. Don't lose hope on that intimacy with God. Come to Him. Serve Him. I ask you something. Have you been sitting on your pride? Have you been sitting on your material things? Have you been sitting on your money? Saying, well, if I do this and if I do that, then I... I don't know. I can't afford it. I'm not going to be able to eat. By the looks... Of so many. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but I think everybody's been eating pretty well around this thanks offering season. I did say it, didn't I? Thank you, brother, for being in tune with me, right? I want you to... Can you pull up Psalm 100? I want to read this again. I want to conclude right now you know, we, we sing the new doxology and we did the other day. And it says, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. And it talks about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say that in this time of thanksgiving, I want to give thanks to my Savior, Jesus Christ. And here's what it says in Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who has made us, not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. It says, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. God's been faithful. Would you, say, would, would you believe that church this morning? Would you agree with me this morning? Will you stand to your feet this morning? How many of you believe that, that God is a rewarder to those that diligently seek Him? Amen. Today, I want to conclude this time of my message And I want you to think about something. I want you to praise God for what He's done in your life. 
Now, if God just brought something to your mind, and I know that He has, we're going to say this all out at one time. We want all heaven to hear. We want to shout for joy. But I think sometimes we fail to realize that when we lose a son to addiction, we mourn and we grieve. That's, a nor- that's natural. But when was the last time we said, thank you, God, for the death of my loved one? Made me think of my stepsister, Julie. That was traumatic for our family. You can't drink and drive. And at a young age, she went through a windshield. When was the last time I said, thank you, God? She's at home with you. No more struggles. No more pain. When I met the lady last week and you heard me say it, when she was praising God for the loss of her two daughters and the loss of her husband, she was praising God for everything. She said, you know what? This is, I'm good because I'm going to see them again. Maybe your car's broke down. Maybe you're about to lose your house. Praise Him all the same. He said, when you enter into the courts with thanksgiving, praise Him, make a joyful noise. Maybe you've gone through some sickness. Maybe you're dealing with something right now that you feel like has just been been keeping you crippled. I want you to praise Him. Maybe there's something in your life and in your marriage and all your things just to praise God. We don't praise Him for some things that don't feel comfortable for the burdens. We only want to praise Him. Thank you, Lord, for my house and my kids. Yes, we're thankful. But thankful for what? Thankful that my daughter got arrested because had she drove home, she might have been killed in an automobile accident. Thank you for incarcerating my son for the last two years because had he been on the streets, he wouldn't be here today. I'm thankful for all of the junk in my trunk and all the iniquities of my life and I'm going to praise you for it. Thank you, Father, that I only have $1.75 in my checking account. You knew my needs before I did, but I want to thank you. You know why? Because you paid my bills. Hallelujah, I get to go home today in a nice warm house. See, we have a tendency not to be thankful And then today I want you to just look at your own infirmities, your own iniquities, and say, God, thank you for bringing me here today at this appointed time so that I can enter into your courts with thanksgiving. And he said, make a joyful noise, for we know that you are Jehovah, for you are God. You are holy. You are amazing. We don't thank God for his goodness in our life. Will you do that today? God, I'm thankful that that preacher goes to noon almost every Sunday. I needed to hear what he had to say in the last 35 seconds. Sometimes we don't do that because we're always in a hurry to go somewhere and do something. So on the count of three, whatever the Lord's laid on your heart, whatever it is, I want you to say it out loud. And at the same time as you say it out loud, we're just going to clap and shout, right? doesn't matter what people are around you. We're going to make a joyful noise. Isn't that what he said? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. When was the last time you said, God, thank you that I've got a misdemeanor or a felony. Thank you that I've been dealing with this addiction. It keeps bringing me back to this church. 
Maybe if I was healed, I'd stop crying out to you. Thank you. You don't ever hear people say that, do you? Well, it can't be like the sign says it is well with my soul until you give it over to God and you surrender. Amen? All right. On the count of three. One, two, three. A crazy schedule. Father, we praise your holy name and as the praise team comes, Lord, we just want to worship you and thank you, God, that we are in this place. Father, I sense your presence. I sense your spirit. Father, I'm thankful that, God, you use us for who we are. God, you know my imperfections. You know where I feel insecure. You know where it's uncomfortable for me. Father, but I know that I can claim that psalm that it says I can enter into your courts with praise. I can make a joyful noise. Father, I can be intentional. Lord, I just want to wait on you. I want to serve you. I want to just be exhausted about serving you. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will bind Satan and that you will deliver those that in here today feel that you, that maybe you or somebody else has put a curse on their life. Deliver them today. Father, we know that we walk in the Spirit. We walk in the newness of life. Deliver us from those curses that somebody might have said or done to us that control us. So, Father, deliver, deliver us from our hurt, maybe our habit, or a hang-up that we have. Father, we thank you for your sweet, sweet Spirit in this place. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And, God, we claim this psalm, this thanks offering season. God, I give you my life. And I'm thankful that the days when I move slowly out of my chair because my back is out. And think, how can I go and do what I need to get done today? But God, you said, be still and know that I am Jehovah. I'm the way maker. I'm the miracle worker. I'm the promise keeper. I am light in the darkness. I'm the first and the last. I am God. Oh God, thank you for what you've done in our life. Father, I can't imagine what the kingdom of heaven must be like. The beauty of heaven. But Father, help us to come back every week to be encouraged and inspired. God, speak to our hearts. Deliver us today. God, there's some in this room that need you. God, I pray that they'll just surrender it. Give their life over to you. Humble themselves. Bow their knee. Bow their head. Bow their will. Bow their heart. Let them kneel and say, God, here I am. Use me for all my imperfections. For I am your masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. Father, as I continue to serve you, you will then make me more and more perfect. And until you call us home, Lord, I ask that if there's somebody in here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, in Revelations it says, one will be in the kitchen cooking and one will be gone. One will be working and one will be gone. One will be in the field and one will be gone. One will be worshiping and one will be gone. God, we don't come to this church for any other reason 
than to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if there's somebody here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, would they walk that aisle today and ask Jesus Christ into their heart and their life? Let them bust through people to get up here so we can pray together and they can see and sense your presence. Maybe there's somebody in this room that needs to rededicate their life or they need to be baptized. Maybe they need to follow through with that. God, we pray that you'll stir within their spirit today. God, I know you're moving. So God, I ask for your directive this morning. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Let's sing together.